0: Good morning to everyone. I hope you are having a fantastic Monday so far. I just want to wish you all the success for the week ahead. And I want to share with you a few money messages that I've learned along the way. Now, before we get into the money messages, I want to highlight the psychology behind money a little bit. Now, your earliest memories of money usually influence your perspective. So what does that exactly mean? That means that how you respond or how you act with money sometimes are because of past traumas. Now you may not even know it, but you could have been brought in a household where your parents never taught you to think of money as a tool to get you to where you wanted to be. And money is actually that it's really a tool for us to use so that we can get to where we want to be it shouldn't control us but we should control it where most of us are actually letting money control our lives and not vice versa so understanding your where your true where your true desires and where your true reasons for the way you act with money, understanding where they came from is a major key into unlocking where you can go from here and how you can actually change your mindset to appreciate money and to actually think of it as a way to use it as a tool. Now, what I'm saying here doesn't mean that you just changing your mindset is going to make you rich, but it can definitely put you on a path that could lead you down to a much better route with your money. So if you aren't thinking about how to grow your money, then you can't expect a strong financial future because your employer is not thinking about growing your money. I can promise you that. And yes, we might be lucky to get a raise every year, but the cost of living is probably going up much more than what we are getting. So the first thing you need to know is that if you aren't thinking about ways to grow your money, then you're probably going to have a very difficult time expecting to have a better financial future. What you should be doing is building a better positive attitude towards money. Now it comes down to what I mentioned earlier about understanding that money is a tool for us to use and not really a mechanism for us to save in. If you are not using money to get what you want, then you are using it incorrectly. Now I talk of money and currency interchangeably, but when I'm referring to money, I'm actually talking about currency because what you are getting paid in for your economic output is actually really currency. No one here, maybe there could be some people that are getting paid in gold, But I would say 95 of us are getting paid in paper fiat currency, which is actually an illusion because purchasing power erodes over time. So I won't get too much into um, the specifics about inflation and the value of money. I want to focus on money messages that can improve our relationship with our money. So the first thing I want to to, to mention is Always pay yourself first and then spend what is left. Usually what people try to do is that they save at the end of the month what they have left, which is for me personally the wrong approach because I've I've done that. I would get my salary and then I would deprive myself throughout the month to try and save as much as possible. So I wouldn't go out on the Friday night. I wouldn't buy the extra two cups of coffee a week that I wanted. I wouldn't add on an extra pair of shoes that I needed for the gym. All right. And I realized that this isn't a way to live. Deprivation isn't going to make me rich. All I'm doing is suffering in the process because what I'm trying to do is save my limited money that I'm getting. Most of us might only be earning one salary, one income, and then you go and try and deprive yourself from luxuries. Now that's the wrong approach because life isn't about deprivation. We must enjoy ourselves. What we need to be focused on on is growing our income. So if you can grow your income, but keep your expenses in line with what you are earning, then you can basically spend on what you want with no deprivation. So the main focus here is to look for ways to grow your income. Once you are able to grow your income and you have a surplus at the end of the month, then what you need to do is build up an emergency fund to protect you from any unexpected situations family issues, health issues, car expenses. I just want to bring this back and relate it to a personal experience of mine. Having a savings account or having an emergency account where you have some surplus funds sitting in case of when things go wrong, it gives you more opportunities. It reduces stress. Now, the reason I say this is because for those of you that know me, I left South Africa almost five years ago. And at that time, I was very scared, very nervous. And in hindsight, it was the best thing I did. But the reason I was able to make a a big decision like that was because I had savings. I knew, okay, I, I have the ability to quit my job now and pay myself a salary for the next 12 months myself and not rely on anyone that gave me the mental capacity to think differently, to take more risk and actually take on more chances. And that's what led me to go abroad because I knew, okay, if it goes wrong, I've got a salary for a year, I'll go over for three to six months, see what I can make of it. If it doesn't work, that's fine. I've got six months salary to come back and I can look for work. Now someone is in a position where you are stuck in a job you might not like and have no savings, you immediately don't have the luxury to give yourself um, some leeway, some room to, to take on more risk or to change the situation you are in simply because you fear where your next paycheck will come. So building a savings is very important. Now, what's also very important isn't just to have the savings. What you need to do is put your money to work by investing it. Because we all get paid, well, most of us get paid in fiat currency, which means every day I go to work, my economic output, we might still be re- reasonably young, and our energy that we are putting out maybe. Uh, going to farm farm, and, and we dig in that energy that you use digging, for example, that energy you use typing on a computer, that's your economic output. Now you want to store your energy in an asset that grows over time. So if you choose fiat, paper money, then you are actually at risk because paper money is currency. It's not money. There is a difference between money and currency. For example, gold is money, currency is just a mechanism of exchange. So most of us, if we are saving, we are saving in fiat, just numbers in the screen, for example, which is quite risky. So you need to put your currency to work. This is because we we are not going to be young forever we are going to age, and you need to store your economic output in something that's going to hold value. And the sooner we realize that our time is really our wealth, this will stop us from overspending. Everything we buy is just simply a trade-off. So if I want to buy a new pair of shoes, and it costs 300 Rand, and I earn 100 Rand an hour, I'm basically sacrificing three hours of my time for the shoes. Now, is the trade-off worth it? Yes, it might be, because the shoes might be for German, it might help with back pain, it might help with my posture, so the trade-off is good, all right? But you have to look at things like that, trade-off between time and your money, and then you will realize that most of the things you buy is actually taking time away for you. Now, what you should be doing is buying time. Now, there's it, it's, it's, it's easier said than done because most of us are earning active income because we all go to work and, and we'll give our time and we get paid for that. So, there's only really two ways to grow your income like that that's by working more hours, which you're you, you giving away your time, or you upskill yourself. So, maybe I'm good at Excel, but now I can code. So, now I earn more money because I've upskilled. I can now code and not just do work on Excel. But both of those things reach a threshold. Eventually, there's only an X amount of hours in a day. So I can only earn an X amount. And eventually, I can only upskill myself to a certain point before I have to change industries and start all over. So those are the two ways to do it. But we should be looking at ways to buy time. So making money without rendering our time. And how do we do that? Uh, There are a few ways, but my personal favorite is using the internet to grow income. What do I mean by this? Is that I'm using a network and, and the internet. I'm using that to leverage what I have to save time. So think about someone that started a grocery business, not a grocery business, a bakery business where they cook at home, they make cookies, they make pies, whatever it be. They still have to put in the time and the effort, right? To make that pie or that cookie and then sell it. So they still rendering their time even though they're working for themselves. Now, what they could do is show their success or give out information about what they've done. So for example, if I started making 200 rand a week and now I'm making 5,000 rand a week, would other people not want to know how I did that? Most likely, yes, because I am a success story. So my experience, my knowledge on this specific topic or this, this business will be something that people would be interested in. So if I can package that into let's say an ebook or a course or mentoring, most likely people are going to buy that or want to be interested in learning about how I did it so that they can go and do the same. So that's an example of using the internet and your knowledge and monetizing that in a way so that other people can emulate that specific success. That becomes perpetual income once it's done, and that's where you can buy back time. Maybe instead of making 10 cookies now, I can make five, and I save myself five extra hours a week, but I'm still earning the same amount. That's five hours of extra time for yourself to go to the beach, sleep a little bit late, take a day off, maybe work on new streams of income. Another way to make more money is to solve problems for people. Now it's easier to say that, but people need to be told what the problem is, and then they need to be given a solution on how to solve that problem. They don't even know that's a problem. So I'm gonna say that again, solve problems. Most people don't even know what the problem is until you've showed them the problem and then give them a solution that solves the problem that they didn't even know was a problem and you'll have a customer. So those are just two ways to grow your income and I just wanna point out that it, I think it's quite important to grow your income in today's world. And if you're reliant on one employer, you're basically only a few months away from going bankrupt. Now, let's put that aside. I also want to highlight that we are all on our own We are all on our own journey. We're all running our race at a different pace. Now, just because someone has bought a house and you haven't bought a house yet, that doesn't mean they are more successful than you because they've bought their house and you haven't. Don't compare yourself to other people's journeys. Building wealth and passive income takes time. And if you are consistent and you you change your mindset about the way of doing things, then your success is inevitable. And on top of that, building wealth requires commitment to saving and investing. So you don't get to that point of buying a house without making a commitment to save the money to get that house or to increase your income. So you need to be committed to what you want to do and be consistent. Every month, you need to make sure you save in money, invest in the money. Not one month, not two months, but every single month. Now I mentioned earlier about deprivation, how you shouldn't deprive yourself because that doesn't make you rich. Saving yourself an extra 20 Rand and cutting out that coffee doesn't make you a millionaire. So all you're doing is just causing suffering internally and you might even be frustrated. So budget for those guilty pleasures and don't deprive yourself. Now negative money mindsets. A negative mindset is one where your relationship with money has been tainted from past experiences. Maybe you grew up in an environment where your father or your mother said, ah, I never have money, ah, it's too expensive, or ah, we can't afford it. Now that has been indoctrinated into you growing up and that causes you to think about money in in a negative way. So that's one negative money mindset. Another one is that you need to work hard to be rich. Now that's completely not true because some of the hardest workers are the ones that live below poverty lines. Now, if if that was the case, if someone was a hard worker, they would naturally be rich. No, that's that for me, that's not the case. Hard work doesn't mean richness. So you working harder doesn't mean you're going to be richer. What you need to do is work smarter. Another mindset, negative money mindset is that money equals stress. Now, I don't believe that because I believe that savings reduces stress and it opens up many more options to you. Like I mentioned earlier, when I took a risk of going abroad, I had more options because I had some savings and that returned less it, it made me stress less at the end of the day. And then my final remark that I want to make to you about Money Messengers is that you need to think like an investor. Now what that means is, think of the rich and the wealthy. They don't only just save, they invest every month, they understand that if you invest in paper then you are going to be used as a means to an end by other people so think like an investor look for opportunities invest your money and be consistent most of the things that i've talked about here this morning it comes out of my psychology behind money Now I would highly recommend getting your hands on it because it talks about how you can identify past traumas and how you build better relationships with money. So I will attach it in this email. So feel free to have a look at it. And if you would like to get your hands on it, it is there for purchase. And with that being said, I want to leave you with two thoughts to think about today. What type of thinker are you? Are you a prosperity thinker, or are you a poverty thinker? Now, if you're a poverty thinker, this doesn't mean you're living in poverty, and if you're a prosperity thinker, it doesn't mean you are living in abundance of wealth. Prosperity thinkers use money for pleasure. They get joy from spending it. So they're not going to think, oh, I'm not going to buy the coffee, I want to save the 20 rand. They buy the coffee because they know, they truly believe that they will always make more money. So it's that law of attraction mindset and their consistency in believing it and looking for ways to grow their income that doesn't let them get to a point where they need to deprive themselves. Whereas a poverty thinker is, Someone that has mistrust towards money. They look at, it, look at it as something that's negative. They operate out of pessimism. And they are very reluctant to spend. So, are you a prosperity thinker or a poverty thinker? Please reach out to me. If you agree with what I've said, please let me know. If you have more things to add, please reach out, let me know, I would love to hear from you. I would, and I would really appreciate you reaching out and letting me know what you think. And I just want to wish all of you a successful week ahead. And remember that your mindset is just the beginning. You can't just wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to be rich you must think like that but you need to take the action that makes that a reality so from me david i will chat to you next week enjoy your next enjoy your week this week and have a good one all everyone stay safe so from me bye for now